Welcome to Your Photography Mentor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to help you achieve your photography dreams, whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned pro. Now here's your hosts, David Molnar and Rich Coleman. Good morning, good afternoon, good afternoon for you, East East Coast folk. Um, Rich Coleman here, your sick, um, one of your sick photography mentors. Um, so excuse the bloodshot eyes. I promise it's illness, not marijuana, not the devil's lettuce. Um, I am excited because today is going to be quite a different podcast from the usual. Um, the whole team's coming off of a crazy um three-day workshop we had in Nashville, Tennessee. If you were there, let us know in the comments. Um, I see Mel Cecier. She was there. Um, we got Megan from Miami Beach. We have somebody in Cancun. Awesome, awesome. Um, I'm excited because I have a photographer on today for you guys that reminds me more than a little bit of a guy that I looked up to like my whole photography career. Um, you guys have heard me talk about um, David Allen Harvey a bunch. This guy reminds me of his work, but like, it's like a touch cleaner, a touch like vivider, like has a lot of contrast. Like I love his work. I'm a huge fan of the man, a huge fan of his work um, and traveling the country, filming courses, making content, teaching workshops. Um, I get the opportunity to meet quite a bit of uh, like awesome people. And this guy I have on today, Derek Fassbender is a world-class photographer and something that I suck at, he's, he's a street photographer and like, that's a, a really interesting thing to tell people. So I'm excited to kind of play around with him later of how, like you tell people you're a street photographer, but, um, his work is phenomenal. Um, his personality is brilliant. Um, uh, but I just want to show a quick little highlight video. It's a minute long of the workshop we had last weekend. And then I'm going to bring this guy on and we're going to talk all about street photography. So if you're ready. Let me know if you're ready. And number two, what I want you guys to do is I want you guys to all share this podcast, this live, this thing to your uh, personal Facebook pages so we can get you know this guy's work in front of as many aspiring photographers as possible, okay? So without further ado, here is a highlight from one heck of a week that we had in Nashville, Tennessee. Check it out. That slow fade to black gets me every time. I'm like, oh gosh, something in the tech has broken. How are you doing, man? Dude, that was awesome. I'm, I'm over fun. here. I'm like, I, I don't often get my nerves. You know, usually I'm pretty calm. Like, I got this. I stream for a living pretty much. Oh, I'm the opposite. I have you on and I'm like, oh God, oh God, make sure it's right. Uh, oh, well, no. number one, the, our video guy went to NYU. So if you've ever like walked past the and walked past all the cigarette smoke, that he was one of those guys. But uh, yeah, he's dude. He's he's such a brilliant filmmaker. Chris Ellison, if, if you've been with us long enough, um, Chris, thank you for the video. Like he turned that around really quick. Um, we had an awesome like three day week in Nashville last week. We taught natural light portraits, studio strobes, and then business, and it was one heck of a time. Like having thirty students on location, just like growing and learning and having a good time. 
It was that's awesome. It was bonkers. It was. It great. looked electric. And and Chris, electric. props to Chris, man. He really brought the energy there. You could. I felt like I was there. I wanted to be there. I know. I was there, and it felt like that was better than being there. So good job, Chris. <laughs> I take that back. It was just as good being there. No, um, dude, welcome, welcome to like I've been on video calls just like this with you, you know, other places, but welcome to like our neighborhood, our neck of the woods. It's great. I love it here. This is this is like yeah. you know when when you went over that one friend's house that had all the great snacks. And you got offered juice and that's soda. Very, and that's very, that's very, that's very, very David Molnar. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you. You met David. He was on your your program. Um, David grew up like very like low, like humble beginnings. So he like wasn't used to all that. Um, so like if you ever go to his house, it's like it looks like Costco, like in his pantry. He like he's like, hey, you got pot? water? He, I have like six water bottles. I'm like, dude, I'm fine. I'm hydrated. Um, but yeah, that's cool to hear. Like from our end, like I just feel like stuff's always breaking and we're we're faking it. So to hear that from you is a I mean, huge that's, compliment. That's photography, right? That's and that's professional photography. For all of you out there that are listening that are just getting started or you're beginners, that's all it is. Being a professional photographer is you're just a professional problem solver. So problem solver and like mom. and be be confident, fake it a little bit, and like just just pray and hope that like what you're getting is what you were wanting. So totally. Man. Well, welcome to the program. This is uh, this is Derek, and it's Fazbender, correct? It's whatever you want it to be right now, Rich. <laughs> it's, we, I've heard everything. I've heard Fashbender, Fishbinder, Fazbender. So I, I say cool. I say I say Fazbender, but I, I pronounce Fazbender. I've trouble. It's your name. That doesn't mean I'm pronouncing. I don't know. I go with Michael Fazbender. Michael Fazbender, the, the actor. He's more oh, famous. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I got your first name wrong. Holy sh No, <laughs> he's, more, he's more famous than I am. So, you know, yeah. I'll take well, I've, I've seen your Instagram. I've seen your Instagram followers. Um, here's what I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna change your I tell you what, somebody on my team is gonna post your Instagram handle. Is that cool? Is that a good like oh, area of contact? Um, okay. we'll post your website here in a minute too. But what we're gonna do is this guy right here has a book, a photo book. Um, and this ain't no twenty dollar photo book, this is a real deal. Nice. It's I think it's I, expensive. I, I'm gonna call it. Ex it's expensive. It, you know, self self. You guys know how it is. Self, oh, I know. We, we, I, yeah. This is, uh, uh, this a is, street photography book that will look great in anybody's collection. We're gonna give that away. But here's the catch: you have to do two things. You have to go right now. I'm gonna pin this link. Uh, it's pinned. So if you look at the pinned link, it's and I'm showing it on the screen. You're gonna click this link right here, and you're gonna like him. And you're going to share this live to your Facebook page. If you do those two things, you are entered to win um, this free book. And maybe we'll give away some other stuff along the way just because. So if you liked him on Instagram, let me know in the comments because um, the first person that says it is going to win a 128 gigabyte memory card just because I can do that. Look at that. I'm ready. It's waiting. We're like on a 30 second delay. Shared, shared. Are you, <laughs> I, I, need to, I need to see the words liked and shared. Ooh, They're I'm going to go with, I, I'm going to let, I'm going to let Ashley Hamilton shoot. Like she said, done. And I'm going to assume that she has done both. If not, I will look you up in our system and I know where you live and you're at the workshop. So I can be a little meaner to you than a normal student. So, um, appreciate you guys, um, like and love on him, but, uh, yeah, we're going to give away that book. Do you want to like thumb through it and just show him what's going on? Yeah, totally. So this, this book is actually, it is, it's a whole piece of, of my heart and my soul and, New York. So I, while everyone else was locked down, I documented 2020 in New York. So let me, let me get this here so you guys can get a little bit of a better look. I got my mic up here, but um, yeah. So it's the entire year of 2020 chronological order through all the different phases in to be a new one of the greatest cities in the world. So I was out there three, four days a week documenting um, and really, Rich, the, the important thing was I wasn't going to make the book. The reason I decided to ultimately do the book was it's, it's a, as a historical document. It wasn't about putting out a book. It wasn't about ego. It wasn't about me. It was I sat on the idea because I'm like, you know, like everything with photography, everybody's already done it. Everyone's going to do it. Everyone's going to do a 2020 book. And then I got over that and I'm like, you know what? There's so many people who didn't get out and see what it was like outside, what was going on. And I trusted myself to tell the real story and not just focus on, okay, it's just going to be a bunch of pictures of people in masks. I wanted to show what the city looked like undressed without yeah. millions of people walking around. 
So you have a little bit of everything. A lot of it is architecture. A lot of it was just me learning to fall in love with my city all over again as I'd never seen it and as nobody will probably ever see it again. Hmm. That's so cool. I guarantee you, like, like I have questions here, which is funny, but like, I guarantee you, like question number four is going to like be involved. Cause I guarantee you, like you were cool with it and your family was cool with it. Um, you're like, you're, you're pretty buff. So like, I, I'm not worried about you health wise, but I guarantee you, you got yelled at on the streets at some point during the making of that book, just because how people oh, are or were. Um, but I guess let's start off with this. So you're a street photographer. Like, is that what you would yes. call yourself? I, I do. Know. And you know, what's funny is I've actually been transitioning. It's like, I don't, really know anymore because i'm just a photographer (laughs) okay good answer i mean a street photographer really what we do is we're just versed in taking what the scene gives us and working with it on the fly Hmm. which is you know we don't have the we don't have the beauty a lot of times of preparation sometimes you do but for most of the time and the way i shoot i don't sit on a street corner i can't stand still for minutes hours days i can't work the same corner over and over i like to move around and so a lot of what I capture is serendipitous. I could, you know, how many times I'll miss a moment just because I don't have the patience to stand around for it. But <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm meant to be out there moving. So really, I'm just crafted in capturing what I see. That's, That's great. I like that. You, like, I'm a photographer. Um, <clears throat> on my old podcast, I had David Allen Harvey, which you said you know of him. He lives yes. like two miles down the road. It's crazy. And like, he, I grew up and he was like the photographer. Like, I didn't realize he was, like, the photographer. Does that make sense? Like, he was just, like, back then he was, like, the old dude that, like, was awesome and, like, cool, kind of, like, artistic. Like, it was weird to see, like, a a four on the Enneagram just doing his thing. Um, And when I got to, you know, Gnome and, like, became a professional and, like, went to college and they were, like, that's your neighbor? Like, I have a bunch of neighbors who are professional surfers and things like that. But this was, like, next level because it was, like, my interest. Um, And I'd always ask him, like, hey, man, like, what do you, like, when you go out and shoot for National Geographic and you're, like, hanging out with the Prince of Dubai, like, like, what do you do? And he opens a book. He goes, his mic falls off because he just stands up in the middle of the interview. And he goes and grabs a book and he hands me his old iPhone 4. He said, that book was all iPhone, all iPhone 4. And this spread in National Geographic was all iPhone. He's like, when I take a picture like this, nobody gets in my way. Like, nobody cares. Like, I'm able to freely do whatever I want with this little teeny phone. And I was like, man, here I am worried about, like, having, like, the best full frame 10 billion megapixel thing. And, like, I look at guys like you that are Fuji. Like, that. that's a smaller footprint. Like, it, it kind of yeah. makes sense. Well, you know but, what's um, funny? You know what's really funny on that note real quick, Rich, is that it used to be the opposite way around. You used to walk if you were walking around taking pictures because when Instagram became big and everybody was got interested in photography, I think most people, a lot of people who are photographers now owe it to apps like Instagram, Hipstamatic, stuff like that. And it used to be if you were a street photographer and you walked up to somebody with a phone, you were a creep. It's yeah. Like, no, nobody took nobody, <laughs> nobody, took nobody seriously. Nobody seriously. Yeah. And now it's like it's the opposite. It's like, you, you know, I started out when I first started doing street. All I had was a DSLR. So I got this big old chunky DSLR. But people took you seriously because they're like, ooh, fancy camera. Yeah. You know, but now it's a, it's, I feel like it's the opposite. You walk up and people are intimidated by a larger by this, camera. So, by this L series lens. Well, yeah. like, I guess, like, to kind of bring that into a question is like, how does that work? So, you said you like to move. You're like, you're, you're like a stick and move. Um, you're probably, your shot counts probably through the roof because you're just shooting to get it, maybe, I'm assuming. Um, but like, when you're taking pictures of people, like, are you shooting the moment and then coming up to them afterwards to ask their permission? Or are you like, Hey, you looked really cool. Fixing so, your hair. Do that. Do that again. Like what's your workflow as a street photographer? So this is the number one question I get. So for people who are Nailed interested it. in street photography, mm. it, for me, I break it down this way. Is it about the person or is it about the moment? Mm. And once I decide that I'm constantly forecasting. So rich, I see you on the street. You're coming towards me. You're a block away. I love something about your look and I want to capture you instantly. What I'm doing is I'm forecasting. I, I, I can imagine. I mean, I'd, I'd take out my camera and take a picture of you right now. Later, so, stay on later. Stay on for the only thing. <laughs> yeah. Premium content. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out where you're going to go. How do I intersect you? And yeah. it sounds, it sounds a little creepy, but you're really just setting up your shot. I'm looking at the light. I'm looking at environment. I'm looking at, is there something that is going to go, that's in the immediate environment that I foresee being in our path, that's going to make for a good backdrop. 
you know, am I, am I going now? I shoot a lot of times anywhere from 28 to 50 millimeter range. So even shooting wide open, you're still going to have, you don't have that shallow depth of field as if you're shooting with a portrait lens. So you have to factor environment into it. A lot of my portraits are environmental portraits. So I'm mm. looking at, is there a, a store gate pulled down with graffiti on it? Or is there a doorway where I can get beautiful directional light? So that's number one. But then it's, it's really becomes, do I really have to have a portrait of this person at any cost? And if so, I'm stopping them. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'll even try to grab a candid. If I see them, you know, if you're walking towards me, I'll try to grab a candid of you and then stop you. So that way, yeah, exactly. If you say you no. You have the magic moment. And then if you say no, it's like, I still got it, sucker. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And you know what? I I think it took me about a full year to get over my first rejection from asking somebody. Oh, well, wow. It, you should look it, like me. It hurts. You should look like me. It gets a lot. It gets a lot easier. <laughs> I think. I think it's harder. You know, like you just gotta now. do a headshot. Like I, I'm getting a tattoo tomorrow, and I'm like, well, Derek, like he's on the podcast the day before. I feel. I feel immediately emasculated. He's no, like a, a, no, a fit runner, dude. No, like that is so funny because that that fear of rejections, like that cripples. People. It's real. It's They're like, real, I'm not going to do it. And like, like, what would you say? Because you do this. Like, this is what you do. What's your like, how does that normally go? Like, you probably get all types of answers, but generally when you're like, hey, I'm Derek, can I take your picture? Like, how does that, like, walk me through that experience? So, you know how would they say in sales, sales is 80% listening, 20% talking. On yeah. the streets, it's 80% talking, 20% listening. I don't want to give you a chance to second guess. I'm going to walk cool. up. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to get in your way hey, very politely. Now, I have rules that no, no shot is more important than... The person Can I always have respect the for the person. Exactly. You yeah. know, I'm going to read if I see somebody, I'm like, no, nah, this person definitely doesn't want their picture taken or looks a certain, you know, type of angry way. I'm not going to stop. Or if you're on the phone, I'm not going to bother you as, as much as I might want a photo. But I'm going to stop you. I'm going to say, hey, excuse me. How are you? Sorry to, sorry to bother you. My name's Derek. I'm a street photographer here in New York. I love your style. I love your hat. I love your shoes. Um, I love your Compliment. energy. Compliment them. Tell them who I am. I politely stop them. Tell them who I am. Genuinely compliment them. Why did I stop you? You know, there's a reason. If you have an interesting look, you have a very interesting look. And I've had people who follow up and they're like, well, what's interesting about me? You have great energy, great charisma. I love fashion. I love style. I love how comfortable you are in your, in your style. Do you mind if I take a portrait of you? Do you mind? Instead of saying, hey, can I take your picture? It's Do all about, it's, you know, it's important. Do you mind if I take a portrait of you? Right there, I've substantiated myself in a way because a lot of times I look a hot mess and I got short running shorts and Crocs on. So I can't rely on the fact that I'm, you know, I'm not walking up to people in a three piece suit. So I have to be, you know, you have to be polite, let them know why you stop them. And at that point, that's where if you're going to get a rejection, it's going to be right there. And it's going to be one of two things. I'm in a rush or I don't like pictures. Most of the time they're going to say, I don't like pictures or, you know, they, they understand that you're polite. So they're going to kind of try to be polite back. They're not just going to give you a stonewall. No. And that's when I'll say, Hey, it'll only take a second. Or if they say they don't like pictures, all right, that's great. But you've never had a picture by me. And I yeah, laugh. Boom. Sales and, yeah. you know, if you don't like it, I'll delete it. And I've never had anybody ask me. You can watch me, to delete, can watch me delete it. Yeah. It's funny because like I'm really drawn to that on like social media. Like we we're talking about how like I can't do social media. But like TikTok, I love the street guys that just like find a, a thing and then they take a picture and it's like the person kind of doesn't want to do it. And then it turns into like a 30 minute shoot. Because they're like, oh my gosh, I look, I'm wearing regular clothes, no makeup, and I feel and look great. So yeah. the fact that I think street photographers, as a, you know, if you're good at it, as a unit, are really good at like connecting with people. And that's like their magic power. Like they're connecting with people while also being like severely observant of what's going on around them. Like the best street photographers I know, like that's your superpower. Totally. Um, and it's funny because like I'm going to ask you a question and I'm going to lead into a story. Like, how do you like shooting weddings? hate it absolutely hate it <laughs> when you're talking about when, when you're talking about if you're coming down the street i'm looking at light I'm, I'm i'm forecasting projecting ahead i was like that's what i did as my wedding photography career like that's exactly the same thing like i was like okay like i'm observing the bride okay i don't like that side but man look you know like i'm doing the same thing in a different element so what i would implore all you guys to do is like maybe try it like don't go up to some obviously angry homeless man in new york city and ask to take their picture, but like get out of your comfort zone enough to see if this is something that you'll like. I, I, I promise you this, it'll make you better at whatever photography you're into. Reading a room or reading a situation is a, is a tool set that's going to help you in life, no matter what you do.
Totally. And, and as you see there, Rich, you, you proved the point that it's like we're all just photographers at the end of the day. No matter what we're genre you that's think, what we're doing. That's it. Yeah. That's it. We're looking for a moment. Yeah. That's so funny because I, I ended up hating weddings. But at first, I number one, <laughs> I'll say this. When I was in college, I was like, there's no way I'm gonna be a wedding photographer. It's dumb. Like I'm too cool for that. I'm shooting 120 film, man. Like, no. <clears throat> and then I, I did it and I was like, oh my God, they just gave me four grand. Like my tune changed really quickly. Um, and then it was like became this game I played with myself. It was like, what's like what are the like I'm shooting the same thing at the same place at the same cake. Like the cake looks the same. And I was like, but the people are so different. Like that's where I kind of like got really inspired. I was like, I'm going to make this as fun as possible because like, you know, that like this is their story. Like it's the same dress and the same cake, but these pictures are going to be completely different because of, you know, these two people. And that's something you're finding is like random people walking down the street. Like um, if, if you have something like what's like a funny in like coincidence or something that's happened while you've done street photography, like, like I've been in New York city and the police were called on me cause I had a strobe with me. Like I've, oh, I've had some no. funny New York moments myself. I'm just wondering if somebody does it a lot, whether you're just so much better at it or if there's been some funny things that have kind of happened along the way. I had a wild, a wild, wild, wild. And it's actually <laughs> funny. I came across the picture yesterday and in, in backing up old hard drives and, and digging. So I'll, I'll tell a really, really, really abridged version of it. I was just starting out. So I was in Central Park, saw a beautifully dressed model-like couple sitting on the water over there by the, by the lake where they, they have the rowboats. Had a zoom lens on, so I shot them from maybe like 50, 60 feet away. Posted it on my website and, you know, really primitive website. I wasn't really doing my thing at that point. Couple, couple months later, go to a friend of mine who I grew up with's wedding, brought my camera. Just, you know, snapped a couple pictures around. I was not an Uncle Ralph. I don't think I was at least. So I wasn't getting in the way. An Uncle so, Ralph that knew how to use his camera. Like I was that, an Uncle that Ralph. You, that, that makes you not an Uncle Ralph right there. there. There you go. So I posted the pictures online. Someone, I guess, thought I was the wedding photographer from some of the pictures I had posted. Goes on my website and is like, oh, my God, I, I know one of the people in the picture. So I get a e random email from this girl one day and she's like hey there's a picture of my boyfriend and i on your website and she's like we never take good pictures but this is beautiful do you mind if like can i get a print of this oh yeah that went great that could have gone it, way the other way yeah it was a couple yeah. it was the couple <laughs> sitting by the water the day that and it was her co-worker who had been at the wedding and thought i was the photographer who was engaged to be oh, married that's so funny looked at my website you know, in looking to see if they would want to hire me. You yeah. So they go on my website. See, I'm not a wedding photographer, but she's like, that's oh, me. damn, that's my coworker. It was her coworker. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So she's that's like, so... hey, you're on some guy's website that I found randomly from a wedding I was at. And the day that she showed her the picture was a year to the day that I took the image. And there's only 8 million people in New York City. So yeah. So the chances of that happening are pretty, pretty Crazy. good. It happens every day. So yeah. So pretty, pretty wild story. It's uh, to this day. It's just the power of like photography number one power of a good photo yeah too totally totally and it was funny, i have a, you know, I have a pow power of a bad photo is i have a very opposite story <laughs> i was shooting uh -oh. a wedding in hatteras and i was shooting a reception which can i be honest reception photos are like who cares like it's all the same i put up i put up four speed lights and people can't tell if you're dancing to michael jackson or michael buble so like i look at my guys <laughs> and i'm like just do a lap and go sit down like i'm that guy like you don't need to be there if you hear screaming run to the dance floor and i'm taking it like this couple's like into it you know what i mean you've, ever, you've been at a wedding room oh, yeah. um and i shoot probably because they're funny and they're pretty inappropriately dancing um i probably like 200 pictures in of just this couple because it's like the only x-rated thing on the dance floor um and then like three hours later the guy comes up to me he's like hey did you take my picture i'm like yeah i got a bunch if you want me to he's like well my wife's not gonna like those and I was like, oh no. Uh, so that's where a picture almost bit me. So I've had, if something bad's going to happen, I've discovered the way to do it. So that's great. That's so funny. Yeah. It's hilarious. It was hilarious because I was like, yeah, I think I delivered a couple like just to the bride and groom because they were there. Everybody at the wedding saw this affair unraveling at our fingertips. <laughs> yeah, but it was just funny that he, he, he was coherent enough. I just assumed it was his wife, by the way, they were making out on the dance floor. But who knows? My bad. 
My that's bad. awesome. That's, I, 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 thought, that's, I thought that I thought that's you were gonna say. It's like uh, they were on the rock, and like hey, that was that was not my wife. Like my mind immediately went to my horror story. Over now, now my story just got <laughs> infinitely worse because yours is so much better. It's like I wish. No, dude. Like my life is like. You come street photography me one day. I can't even tell you the story. Like I was telling a story very similar to this around David Molnar um, and uh, John who used to work with us. And I'm like, yeah, really weird stuff always happens to me. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then like that moment, something severely crazy happened like right with us. And I'm like, that's hang out with me. I'm a magnet for, for weird stuff like this. Oh, so, I got to come shoot with uh, you then. Man. <clears throat> it just for. makes dude. I, I think it's because – like, number one, I like being authentic. I'm the same to you that I would be to a reverend, that I would be to, like, anybody. I'm, I'm the same. It's not for everybody, but it, it makes the BS just way lower. And I think – It's authentic. When you're authentic, people are just way more authentic. People open up to me, and I'm like, whoa, I don't know you enough for this. Like, can we call your therapist? So it, it's just interesting. So I'm going to try the street photography thing. You, you've sold me on it. I need to, I need to do it. Now I want to see. You're gonna have yeah. to. You gotta post it. I want. I want to hear about the experience. That's what experience. it's about. It's experience. Well, I mean, let's talk about that for a second because, like, we have lots of photographers, wedding photographers, real estate photographers, you know, family photographers, all, everything. Blah 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 blah. And I think something you just said was so profound. Like, number one, when somebody booked me, they were getting that fun, immature Rich Coleman at their wedding um, or their event, but it's the experience. And like what you're doing is like, you're kind of like this hunter for an experience or you're like, you're like trying like hell to like tell the story of that experience. I think a lot of photographers walk around and they just take snapshots. It's like, blah, blah, blah. They don't realize that you're trying to like pull people in like with emotion with like, I mean, even like rule of thirds, leading lines. There's so much of what you're trying to, to scream through your artwork. Let's talk about that. I'm going to share some of your work as you talk, if that's, if that's okay. Awesome. I'm going to bounce I, back and forth between your website. and. I love that you went this direction because this is a conversation. If I can talk conversation, I find myself having more and more is sometimes we just need to throw out the rules. We need to throw out what we think is right. And really it is about, it's about emotion. It's about being lost in that moment, immersing yourself in the moment. Because is that you 23rd want Twenty Third Street? Is that Twenty Third Street? It is right down there. I'm just kidding. My ask, I asked Chris it's, Elson because right I, I, I wanted I wanted to seem really smart. He told me that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you you really want to lose lose yourself. You want to bring people there, Rich. You want to make them feel. And the greatest compliment. There's two great compliments that I always love when I get my work. I don't need people to tell me my work is good because it's all relative, right? I love when people tell me your work is recognizable. You know, when I'm scrolling in Instagram, I know when I see your work. And I also love when people tell me that, you know, I, I have people who tell me all the time, I, I grew up in New York. Your work brings me back there. Your work makes me feel like I'm there. And whether good, bad, or indifferent, it, it captures the city and it makes me feel like I'm, I'm still living there. And I love that because it really is not every, not every work has to be technically sound. And I think sometimes we get too caught up in the technical aspect. If it has, how many times do we throw an image away because it has blur, you know, or, or camera shake? Almost every time. Want. Yeah. And I never delete. I never, I, I, I will intentionally take, you know, if, if I'm feeling hectic and I'm, I'm all riled up with anxiety and I'm out, caught in a crowd out in the city, sometimes I'll just set a slow shutter and hold my camera still for a second and then twist it or move it. And for me, it's more about capturing what I was feeling at the moment, capturing how I saw the moment. It's not always how the moment was, it's how you see the moment. That's what makes it individual. That's what puts your unique stamp on every image. And I, I feel like this search for validation in every image makes us lose our own vision. We're so concerned with what other people or what we think other people want to see or with how we think other people want to see that scene that we fail to lose ourselves in the moment and capture it as such. And, and really what I do is I try to get locked into the moment. I think about nothing else. It's almost like in the Matrix when, you know, when, when Neo sees it, he finally sees it and it's like, all of a sudden it goes from, you know, pictures to just numbers, you know, ones and zeros falling from the sky. And it's like, he finally gets it. He's, you know, you, you finally hit that point where you're just like, okay, I'm in the matrix. Now I see light and I see F stops and I see what's my light bouncing off. And I see layers. I see someone across the street who has a certain color on and someone in the foreground who has that same color and where I need to line myself up. 
you really just go into a zone where you're looking at each and every scene and only looking at that scene. You're, you're, you're living in that scene for the moment. And it's really about capturing that scene so that others feel, not see, so that others feel exactly what you felt when you were there. Dude, it's so cool. It's so fun. Like, number one, like it's whenever I, I travel so much, but it's like at the end of the day after a workshop, I'm just like going out to get a drink. I'm not trying to like take pictures, but like I'm I'm like immensely like I'll say it. I got like jealous. I was like, man, I've been in New York like 30 times and I might have like four pictures to show. <laughs> like I went I went to I went to Brooklyn and I shot underneath the bridge and I got a cool long exposure. But it's like, man, I just need to walk around with my camera more. And get it's, it. It's intense. You never know when the naked cowboy is going to be there. You never know. You never know. And it's like even that shot is like it's a great story behind it. Where you know one of my first back when I was shooting with a point and shoot, probably the point and shoot it was one of the first digital cameras like twenty five years ago. We uh were we're in the city and we're walking through like a parking garage with my sister, and I took a picture of my sister with him. So I'd never, you know, I avoid Times Square like like it's the plague. <laughs> I walk by and I see him there and, and we just start talking out of nowhere. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I've never forgotten a picture that I took of you and my sister from like 25 years ago. And I was like, I'm going to pass by one day. I still got to pass by and show it to him. So he was super cool, super nice. We talked for a couple minutes about you know, how I took that image and how I always see him there and I avoid Times Square, but I'm like, you know, like how your biceps are the same size, how he, this he's in way better shape than I am now. (laughs) And he's like probably twice my age, but, uh, you know, he was super cool. And I, I posted this picture, but this wasn't like, like we took a video of him, like wrestling me and, and I got a couple other shots and it was like, I look at this picture now though. And it's like, I remember the conversation and I remember what we talked about and it, and it's just a super cool moment. So for me, it's, it's really about the moments the behind the pictures. Which I think is kind of every picture. Like a, a bride on her wedding dress is just kind of a bride on her wedding dress. But she can remember, you know, hopefully the good time she was having. Like that's like I spent my majority of my career diffusing crappy wedding days. You know, that was like yeah. my superpower. I was like, hey, you paid like 20 grand to have a miserable time. Just <laughs> tell, tell Aunt Susan to leave or I will. Well, it's like how many times did you take a wedding picture that it's not your classic backlit from 400 millimeter, you know, 400 millimeter lens backlit where the couple's the this big in the corner shot. of the frame. Yeah, like yeah. what we see now. And the the couple sends you their favorite images and five of them oh my are gosh. like the bride it's like the ones I, on the, the ones floor. I thought, yeah, the ones I thought I was going to delete. Um, that is one I would say huge like aha moment is like once you get a gallery software and you can start to see like which pictures people like, you're like, what's wrong with you? Like, no, like that's not the good photo. Um, but you know, beauty and art is so subjective to like what you want. Like they're remembering something that you weren't even a part of. They're remembering what the groom said in her ear, things like that. So yeah. um, <clears throat> be a little liberal, be, be a little liberal with those, that call, you know, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. The more I shot, the less I delivered, but I still like, man, I'll meet some new photographers and they're like, I shot for two hours. I'm delivering 50 pictures. I'm like, there's probably some goal that you're either afraid to edit or you like, you're just too lazy to edit in there. So it is pretty interesting to like that, that delicate balance we play of like getting the shot compared to making sure we're not missing moments. And uh, um, a really good friend of mine, Nick McLean, he's a, a, like a PA director, video guy. Um, he said something to me that I'll never forget. Like we're shooting a sunset or something like beautiful, like crazy waves, like after a surf session. And like, I'm like worried about getting my longer lens on and things like that. He just looked at me and he said, you know what? Sometimes you have to put your camera down and just take the moment in. Hmm. He's like, you're too busy. Like trying to capture it kind of badly. Like you're not even doing a great job. Like you're not Ansel Adams. Like (laughs) you and four of your friends on Facebook are going to like this. He's like, put the camera down. Like, Take the moment for yourself and then try to get a picture or like get a picture and then like put your gear away and just sit there. Um, and that's been something really fun and profound. Like me and Chris, my video guy, we'll go shoot in Colorado and we'll shoot and get the shot, get the video. And then like, we'll just sit there in nature for a minute. Cause like, how cool is that? Like, totally. 
You're always when I go buy back. Food. When I go back and look at the pictures that I'm like disappointed in, I'm, I remembering cooking ramen noodles in the back of a van. You know, like the fun, the stuff, the epicness that was you know making a course like that. Yeah, totally. It's it's all about you know we keep coming back to these same words, the experience and remembering it. And I think, again, people get too caught up in things that don't matter. One of my one of my greatest inspirations as a photographer is looking back through all the four by six prints that my mother has in shoe boxes and envelopes and the albums where you had to peel apart the the clear plastic page to to get the pictures in. And I look at how many times I come across a picture and it's like this was just a random Tuesday in April in 1985 that I would never remember were it not for this image being taken Hmm. and it's blown out. It's blurry. It's degraded, but it means so much more to me than my most liked photo on Instagram or the photo Hmm. that people have hanging on the wall. And I think if you look at it in those terms where you say, okay, so I nailed the perfect serendipitous shot i uh, the the aha moment the you know like cartier bresson said the decisive moment you nail it and you get a million instagram likes and you go viral 20 years from now that's not going to matter as much as a photo you took of a loved one and that was the last time you saw them Mm. so it, it really is about tapping into something deeper i think photography is such a vehicle for you know, emotion and, and holding on to the things we love and our, in our memories. And I think if more people looked at photography in terms of what is this photo going to do for me 20, 30, 40 years from now, instead of what can this photo do for me now? I think people would create more meaningful photographs. This is a, this is a, a Polaroid picture I keep in my camera bag. It's an awfully exposed, this is like a Fuji film. The, the only Fuji film Instax. Yeah, the Instax. Like, I, I gave one of these to my daughter when she turned six. And the pictures we get from this, like, I have full-frame cameras that transfer right to my phone. I edit Lightroom, and I'm pumped. But, like, like I saw you have, you have a kid. Like, that right there is, like, so much more than, like, all of this gear. Like, the, the gear doesn't matter. The memory matters. And that's totally. something that creatives just forget where they, like – they get too caught they ju- up. They, in they justify in their head like it. Uh, yes, but well, would I want that crappy picture when I can have that great one? Well, because when you're having that great one, the kid was having a horrible time. Like, I gave my daughter this. You know, it was like it's ninety bucks, and it takes you know horrible pictures, but like they're all over my house, and I love them. So, like, what? There's no truer statement than what you just said. So. And we Crazy. can tap into it with gear, you know, learn, oh, to, yeah. learn, learn to use that expensive gear to capture the moment in more high depth or with a higher pixel yeah. count. You don't have to, you know, I, I think it, people love to argue, right? It's like people yes, love it. Yes, they it's, do. It's like the old school, like Canon versus Nikon, where it's one or the other that couldn't. I, I, get, I have to brand. see you're a Fuji guy. I have to pretend like I like it all. I have to be yeah. like, sure, let me show you how to use that. <laughs> It's always I, fun. I, I remain camera agnostic. You know, it, yeah. I tell people all the time. It's like, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm an ambassador for Fujifilm because I love their gear. Their gear works for me, but mm. it doesn't, it's, it's not that way for everyone. And I think I'm very big on the mentality of, you know, look, when the tide rises, we all rise together. It, if someone's shooting Canon, Sony, Nikon, I don't care as long as they're taking pictures, as long as I'm more interested in people being passionate about the craft and doing it for the right mm-hmm. reasons. I think we've gone on such a direction where with social media, we it's so driven towards like me, 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 selfies. This, you know, photography is done for other people. It's not done for ourselves. And I think if we can just say, look, be more matter of fact, more laid back, more chill. I don't care what you shoot, shoot, take pictures. That's all I want. Take pictures, capture your life. One day it's going to mean something to you. If it doesn't now, one day it's going to mean something. Or to mean something to somebody else when you're kids. Yeah. Like, and I would say that like your work is very passion project. Am I allowed to say that? Like we talk totally. like video wise, it's like <clears throat> the, the sad part is, is like, I'll go to film a course and it's like, I'm so worried about like, you know, you know, gear list, packing list, storyboard, production, post edit. Like I'm so worried about all that. It's like taking pictures is like literally the bottom 5% of like what I'm doing there now. But I, I love directing, I actually love directing other people. Um, but it's like one of the things I have to remember to like, 
why do I do this? I have to do it. And I always tell the story about Iceland. I got burnt out with photography because weddings destroyed me. Like I started way too young. I got successful way too young. And then I was like 26, 27. And I hated my camera. Like my kids was like taking his first steps. I'm like, I have an iPhone. Like I didn't care. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't want to touch my camera. And then I went to Iceland and just like fell in love with landscape photography. Like just like I was when I was 16. It was like the Northern lights are blowing up over my head. And it's just like, ugh. Like the that one trip. Back. Yeah. And it's like cool how passion can change and manipulate. But like when I look at your work, like you're going out, like it's not convenient. Like you're like, you're tactically making the decision to go take pictures with the result of, I don't really know what I'm going to get, but this is like feeding my soul and I have to do it. And I think that's why your work is great. Not that you're not technically a great photographer. I think it's your mindset. Of, I'm going to go do it. It's going to be, you know, I'm saying yes to that, which means I'm saying no to five other things. Mm-hmm. And that like investment that you have to your craft is, I think, what makes it great. If that yeah. makes sense from an outside perspective. Well, totally. And, and look, we're, we're both in the, in the educational spectrum, Rich. We, we understand the importance of educating people and of people knowing. It's, it's like that, that age-old adage, you have to know the rules in order to know how to break them and when to break them. And it's totally true because you can go out and not know what you're doing and just run off strictly emotion. But at the end of the day, we're visual beings. We love aesthetic things. And are you going to gravitate towards something that is structurally sound and still evokes emotion or something that's just, you know, it's, it's like looking at a fine art painting versus a finger painting in any random kindergarten, you know? Yeah. You're, you're not oh, just yeah. going to walk up to a, a finger painting and be like, oh my God, there's so much. Yes, there's emotion there. But there's also yeah. a lack a lack of technical discipline. So I think it's that fine line between technical discipline and artistic expression that really makes certain kinds of photography beautiful. And it's knowing how and when and why and, and when to be a little more structured and when to get lost in a moment. Hmm. Dude, so true. I love this. I love interviewing somebody that has has heart. It's been good. Um, there are a bunch of student questions. I, I'm letting you guys know I, I will get to your student questions. I just kind of wanted to to wrap this up because with that, like I have a question about you that I just talked about. That's why I went to Iceland. But like, how do you like, do you deal with and how do you handle burnout? So I used to handle burnout by putting my camera down and detaching from mm-hmm. photography. It used to be, I need to recharge my batteries. I need to walk away from photography. And there's a photographer who I really respect his approach. And every single time I talk to him, it's like therapeutic. And I I really, so Chris Orwig, huge shout out to Chris Orwig. He's a Sony artisan of imagery and just a great guy, (laughs) beautiful work, great guy. And we talk about this all the time, the burnout. And it's like, he shoots, he's like, you know, he told me one time, he's like, just, just shoot through it, just shoot through it, shoot what you love, shoot what you know. And I'm like, hmm, sounds easy enough. Yeah. I wasn't doing it, but <laughs> it, it and and you know not to not to plug the brand or anything, but I, I got a recently got a Fujifilm X100V, which is a little fixed lens, little street shooter, easy to carry, super light setup, and that has reinvigorated my everyday work because it's so light. It's so easy to carry around. And look, you don't have to go buy that. You can buy a 10 year old point and shoot anything that's not a phone. And I say that, look, for some people, the phone works, but for me, it's really about owning a tool that doesn't receive text messages that doesn't go Mm. on the internet. It's used for one thing and one thing only. And that's taking images because to fully detach and to fully get into that passion project side of photography you have to detach yourself you have to become one with photography and you have to see things in just that sense it can't be one of these things like how many times it's like you're walking up and down the street and you're texting you're on instagram oh i see a picture boom take a take a picture no it's going out having having the camera on you and i carry a camera everywhere i go it's probably annoying to my wife she probably hates it but that's how i avoid the burnout is i take pictures of things that i know things that i love I shoot myself out of a slump for any basketball fans. Allen Iverson back in the day, he would get 60 points on like a hundred shots. 
if he missed his first 30 shots, he wouldn't stop shooting. He just kept shooting and shooting and yeah. shooting. He shot himself out of a slump and, you know, people would knock him for it. But, you know, the only way to, to get that, that confidence back is to see the ball going through the hoop. And for me, it's kind of like that where your next photo is always going to be your best photo. You know, you never can rest your laurels on that one great shot you took 10 years ago. You're constantly, and I think that's part of the beauty of photography is that you never know when your next favorite photo is going to come. You never know when you're going to walk into a moment that you'll want to remember forever. So that alone, that hope is inspiration, you know? And so when you put your camera down and you don't, you, you let yourself succumb to this, uh, this artistic block, you're just feeding the monster. What you got to do is you got to, you have to cut off the food supply. You have to keep that camera on. You have to keep shooting, find things in your house, give yourself challenges, keep it simple. Sometimes we think too far out in, in inside the box. We need to think further outside the box and stop saying, you know, how many times do we get caught up in Instagram? Well, I need, I need to post something today. I need to do something. Um, don't worry about that. Take pictures for you, take pictures yep. for you, shoot what you know, shoot what you love. Yeah, that's so funny. When I like my wedding business is like I haven't blogged this year, or like I haven't posted to Instagram this year. Yeah, that's so so true. Um, all right, uh, let's 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 hit you with another heavy one real quick. Um, if you don't mind, what was your what is your biggest failure that you've had to like work through, and like what wisdom did you gain from that experience? My biggest failure is my entire career as just my career in general and as a photographer up until the last few years and what i mean is this we put such we get so caught up in putting labels on ourselves and i think this is one of the biggest sticking points for people who are interested in photography or who trying to figure out their path in photography or don't know what they want to do we get caught up in the in the label of professional photographer and I think that holds a lot of people back. And it held me back for a long time because it was like, okay, well, I'm not doing this full time. And I felt like because I had a nine to five, I couldn't call myself a photographer. Or I was struggling with the idea of being a photographer. And I saw that as a failure for a long time. And I think a lot of people do. They get caught up in, and it's really just being caught up in the idea of a photographer. You're getting caught up in what you think a photographer should be. And I think once we lose that, that's when you get over that hump. So for me, the failure was years of trying to figure myself out and find my way as a photographer. And the entire time, I was looking for a definition that didn't exist. I was looking for something that I was never going to find because I was a photographer the whole time. I just had given myself an impossible definition of what a photographer should be, if that makes any sense. No, got to get in your own head, man. I feel like <clears throat> I've, I've often joked because we do a lot of um, like this is a public facing broadcast like this one right here. It's open. Um, we do a lot of in-house teaching too, like where it's like, you know, behind the pay gate. If you're a member of the photo mentorship, like you get access to other trainings. Um, like I have a one called Tech Talk where I just I, I answer as many tech questions as I can in an hour because it's great for my customer service. Like, thank you. Um, and then I thought about having like a therapy session one too because like man i i find myself regurgitating the stuff i get in therapy just to yeah. help other people like not get stuck in their head um there's no worse enemy than like your fear response or your panic or what you're afraid to face or afraid to deal with so the insight that derek just gave you to like don't get stuck on it shoot through it and like don't be afraid to learn like that's a book. If you if you want to make a book that's words, Derek, that's your book. Um, because you know when you become a really crappy photographer is when you become stagnant, when totally. you become still and stale and gross. And that's Uninspired. Because your, camera, your camera's behind you and you're not doing anything with it. Totally. That's 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 burnout and that's that's the demise of your soul. Um, all right. Well, let's let's get to some student questions. I am curious. I want to know who who inspires you. Like what who who motivates you or mentors you like as a photographer? Um, so my, my early work or, or early on inspired <coughs> by photographer Richard Sandler, his work, uh, you know, for those of you out there, I think it's O stop O H stop 1946 on Instagram. Richard Sandler is just an amazing photographer. I mean, he shot in that golden era, the, 
the eighties in New York city on the subways and all around the city up in Boston. Um, so work wise, I've always been, I've always been really inspired by his work. Um, but now it's like, honestly, I'm inspired by everyone I come in contact with in this industry, Rich. I mean, you really, one of the, one of the mentalities I've tried to seize hold of, and it came from an old job I hated and a, an area manager who I really did not like, but he gave me a wonderful piece of advice. He said, get something out of every interaction. Even if you don't get a sale, have a nice conversation with somebody, have a pleasantry, share a nice moment. And so it, I think when we put our life in that perspective where you don't always have to, to hit the home run, get a base hit, get a walk, get hit by a pitch, you're helping your team out. And everybody I come in contact with, and I know this sounds like this whole like, you know, Tony Robbins, like inspirational mentality of like, you know, but that's, that's the way I do things. You know, that's how I struggle with mental health issues, depression, anxiety, burnout, everything is I look for the positive. I look, you know, when I interview a lot of people, I come across a lot of people. I'm not looking to become best friends with everybody. All I want is one piece, one piece of, of, you know, something that's going to give me some, some bit of positivity. Um, so I'd already mentioned Chris Orwig. He's a huge inspiration to me. Like I said, every time I talk to the guy, I, I tell him, I'm like, dude, my, I check my Garmin watch. My heart rate comes down like 20 beats per minute every time we have a conversation. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but, but everybody, man, you know, I think people, and I think people can learn to take something from that. Any, anytime you have an interaction, try to get something out of it. Awesome, dude. Yeah, I couldn't, I could not agree more. Um, well, I'm having our team pool the winner. Um, I think it was Ashley already won the memory card that I just picked out earlier. So they're going to pick a winner. What I need you to do, um, somebody in our team is going to post Derek's Instagram and his website. Um, real quick. Um, and what I'm going to do is we're going to, there's a couple questions. My team is correlated. I'm going to ask you those questions and just give me the no BS answer. Like you don't have to be politic. You just be like, I like this lens. Um, so I'm going to start with that. Mike Rosh, um has a Nikon D 500. What is the best lens for street photography? I'm a huge fan of 35, 35, 1.4, no matter which <clears throat> mount, 35 1.4 i think is very it's easy it's it, it's wide enough to capture scenes but it does work double as a great portrait lens when shot wide open so uh whatever your flavor is whatever your mount is whatever your favorite third-party lens is 35 1.4 is a nice standard that's awesome yep ashley you didn't win the book okay that's the real prize you got the 128 gigabyte memory card that's the worst prize okay stop it um <laughs> All right, and uh, Linda wants to know: Did you ask? Do you ask them to sign a print release for the picture? No. So um, now, uh, look, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not giving hard-clad legal advice you here. You see the lawtalk.com if you have to. Yeah, <laughs> even more, uh, it's not responsible for anything legal. If you get, if you go talk to a homeless guy and you get stabbed with a hypodermic needle, that's not my fault. There you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> if you're on, if you're on public property and you're not using it for um advertising or for monetary gains so if you're just doing street even even to do a book now the one thing that i have heard is this, is a tricky area which is why my the cover of my book uh, is shot from behind um is yes, the, the cover the cover of the book is used for promotion so ah. i think that's where it gets a little tricky is you're promoting your book with the cover that's being advertised i don't know if that's true but i didn't want to i didn't want to run the risk of it and i didn't want to yeah. pay a lawyer twenty thousand dollars it, it depends too and like you know it's like one of those things like i if you want to be safe and get them to sign something you could probably download an app on your phone yeah. but i think if you got their information that might be the wisest thing to do because they're going to want the picture so you can send them the picture and then if you decide that's going to be like hey i want to use this for promotion can you sign this yeah, they will most likely do it. So great question. Uh, Mary says, what's the difference between street photography and photojournalism? So generally photojournalism, I'll, I'll say this. Photojournalism is generally, um, there's no, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Fine art aspect to it, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Um, street, art, street art or street photography is kind of broad. So for, I feel like photojournalism can be, street photography but not all street photography is photojournalism is photo, that's a yeah i agree 100 percent. yeah photojournalism is think of a raw image you're not doing anything to it you're just capturing it and boom that's it what you see is what you get 
All right, I'm gonna get through these last three real quick. Derek, I'm curious, what type of scene catches your eye the most often in photography? Is there something that's kind of like your weakness, your sweet spot? Interesting light and shapes. Love geometry. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I like I just looked at your Instagram. I was like, gosh, I never just shoot a building. Like, uh, there's a couple. <laughs> I follow this one guy, and it's the same exact angle. Like he just he's like meticulous to shoot that, and it's like he'll just do like sixty pictures, and it looks the same, but it's a different building. I love that. I love that stuff. Uh, Birdie says, "Question: Because we have no control over the scene in street photography, how often do you avoid shooting, or do you edit out distractions?" This is a great question for you. Great question. I used to do it all the time, and I'm going to tell you why I don't anymore. If you don't like something in a scene because it's distracting move your feet and get around it, find a way to shoot around it. But I used to, I used to edit out if somebody was wearing the iPhone, the, the earbuds with the white cord or like power lines, they are timestamps. It's timestamps of an era right now. Rich, you got AirPods in, right? Nobody was, wearing, nope, nobody was wearing those six, seven years ago. We all had the little white cord, right? Yep. So now when you see that picture with the white cord, it, instantly dates that dates image. it interesting gosh you're so smart <laughs> yeah i always like we uh me and david did a whole segment of like we took pretty portraits like we went to like a place with a bunch of dumpsters and we, sometimes we used like like if you don't need to crop it out like you can move but a lot of time that's like part of the scene like um like fearless photographers was a thing like the last 10 years and it's like that you want to show the chaos of whatever you're shooting like don't don't make it too pretty that it's unobtainable because like you're just setting yourself up to edit and like that's not real life. So if it's a crazy distraction, like a pole coming out of your head, just move. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like leave it in and just try to make it work. Yeah. The more information, the better. You'll thank yourself later. Ooh, here's a hard, here's a tough question. Um, Catalina says, how do you make money with street pictures? I wouldn't know where to start. You don't. That's the easiest answer. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You don't. You really, it's a labor of love. Mm. Um, and in, even for the best doing it, perfect example, Matt Weber, who's a friend of mine, iconic, iconic New York street photographer. I need to hang out with your friends. All your friends are like, they, they're like, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like, I know guy <laughs> movies. You know, it's like, you know, everybody. I hate. I, it's like I'm not even trying to name drop. He's he's. No, no, it's good. I'm. I know everybody. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I know who they are. I know who all these people are. He's a he's a great guy. He's been shooting since back in like the '70s from his cab. His work is used in a lot of movies and documentaries and stuff about New York in in the '80s, '90s. And he'll hawk his prints all the time and be like, you know, it, and he's he's not doing. He's not killing. He doesn't live in a mansion. He's he's getting by and he's scraping by and and if you do or if you're doing it for the money here go to shoot weddings uh love that i mean for real that's like so true do what you love but follow the money if you need to uh, if you're a great businessman like let's say if i like rich you need to be a street photographer in new york you know what i would do i would go take a couple i would take a picture of times square the bridges and i would make a calendar and i would try to sell it like if i really wanted to make money i would be as cliche as possible because that's what it would take. You know what I mean? Like same thing with landscape. Like if I, I live on the beautiful outer banks of North Carolina, it's beautiful here. If I wanted to make pictures, I would go and I would tactically shoot every lighthouse that I could find, make it an NFT or a calendar and like try as hard as I could to make money. What Derek is saying is like, don't give up your dream. It's just, you know, take your logical brain with you on the journey of what Perfect. you need to do. Derek, like what, like Derek, you, you don't just do street photography. You work a little bit for a tiny camera shop in New York. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I, <laughs> I work for B and H photo. I do web content. So I stream every day. I'm involved in the EDU spectrum, you know, the educational aspect. So I educate people. I interview photographers. Um, and, and it's a nine to five, you know, it's creative. I love my job. I love who I work for, but Everybody needs a hustle, you know? You, you can't get out there and do what you love to do if you can't put food on the table, you can't pay your bills. And not everybody's cut out for that entrepreneurial life. Not everybody has. The, everybody thinks they are. They think they what are. Until Derek they, just said is the truth. Not everybody is. No, you're not. And it's, it's, it's very hard to pay the bills in New York City. 
So sometimes Gosh. you have to give in. All to right, the my machine. next question is, is how much is your rent? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. It's, but, it's uh, not that bad. Is it not? I mean, I, like you say that, but I guarantee it's like triple my mortgage just because. No, it's, I, it's, is it, I mean, what, I mean, I live, I, I live in a, <laughs> I live in, what, in the Bronx. Bronx, the Bronx. Okay. What Bronx neck? Where at? Do I know the Bronx? No, University Heights. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. I uh, I don't live in too nice of an area, you know. We get the gunshots, Dude, and we my, get my 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 buddy um was on Throg's Neck. He great photographer, great street photographer. Um, he moved to London or something, but uh, like I would stay there. He would like be. I had parked my car here. He's like, it's protected by Albanians. It's like I'm like what? Oh, like nice. anytime I get anytime I go to New York, I have like a bunch of free street parking. And like my car is like not touched even without a state tag. Oh no, my sister! So, my it, sister! The very first time my sister came to stay overnight, she got the the back caps of her side mirrors swiped. Uh, and then the very next time she came, I'm like, here, I'll give you my spot in my garage in my building, and I'll park my car on the street. And I came out, and my bumper's hanging off. So uh, I need to, I, I need I need those Albanians over here, dude. It was I mean I parked and went on like cruises. I've I've like parked there for like extended periods of time, and it's been great. Like you know, and like. They're kind of cool, like on certain streets, they won't street sweep if they know it's like kind of long. It's it's it was nuts. Um, I, I get lost. I'm pretty good with my natural sense of direction. Like I'm like, okay, that's that way. But it's like how many different ways you can get to places in New York throws me. But dude, I'm excited because now I got a guy in New York. You got a guy. Yeah. I know, dude. I just want to come just, just come shoot. Just come shoot. Hang yeah, out. just come that's take it. pictures with you. That's well, it. we need to we need to pick some winner. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys one final chance. I'm going to play a one minute trailer for our brand new real estate photography course. Uh, I'm going to play that for you guys while you guys follow this guy on Instagram because I'm going to verify to make sure you guys are following him before we give away this book. <laughs> so without further ado, we're going to play this video and then you guys have the chance to, to win a book. Here it is. DJ Slowiak with the photo mentorship. Welcome to Real Estate Photography 101. This course is your one-stop shop for getting into real estate photography. Whether you want to get going as an all-out pro, or you simply want to take better pictures of your own home for fun, this course has you covered. We'll discuss the gear you need, your camera settings and best practices, but more importantly, photography is storytelling. Real estate photography is so much more than taking snapshots of a house. We're telling the story of what it might be like to live in that house, to raise your children there, to build a life, a future. Just like weddings, portraits, sports and landscapes, real estate photography can be difficult. It takes a lot of patience, practice, time and commitment. I know it can be stressful if you don't know what you're doing, but in this course, I'll make sure you have everything you need to nail it and take amazing pictures every single time. Chris, we got to get that short fade to black. I'm always, I'm panicking. I'm like, oh gosh, that's just one. Uh, that course came out last week, last month and the month before that wedding photography came out, dude. We're, we're making, um, I've got 24 courses to make. 24 feature length courses. I'm excited because I'm not in them all, but I'm excited because I love directing people. But um, I just texted you the winner of this book on your, on your cellular device. If you got that. Yes, I did. All right. Are if we... you're ready to, if you're ready to win this book, I'm ready to have somebody on my team figure out how we're doing this whole thing but you're going to get a book mailed straight to you guys yes our winner and i i will sign it for oh, you dude, it a little extra special not, not like my you tear that page out and hold on to it it's gonna be worth something yeah our winner is heather headstrom congratulations heather. heather heather congrats you won a brand new book that i i'm excited to see i'm gonna come steal your copy um but Derek, dude, from the bottom of my heart, from all of us at the Photo Mentorship, thank you for being on. We'll have you on again for sure. This is um, great. If, if, if you're down, um, let us know. Everybody follow him on Instagram. He, he's quite entertaining um, for a self-proclaimed <laughs> anti-Instagrammer. He's actually really great at it. Warning, but, warning. Uh, yeah. Do me a favor. Give him, give him some likes. Give him some followers. I'd love to see that, uh, that, that grow even more and more. But uh, thank you for being on, man. I really appreciate you. Now, nah, Rich, huge thank you to you and Dave and the entire team and to all the viewers. Yeah, man. Fun times. 
All right, guys, I'm going to play because I got all these videos in the queue. I'm going to play a, a wedding photography trailer. Then you guys are you guys are done. Have a great day. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, everyone. See Shooting a wedding is a huge undertaking and comes with its fair share of stress and responsibility. Whether it's shooting a wedding for a friend or you want to go professional, a lot of photographers are too scared to shoot weddings because they don't want to screw up the most important day in a couple's lives. But in our brand new course, Wedding Photography 101, we teach photographers how to not only not screw up a wedding photography shoot, but instead to shoot incredible photos at every single event throughout the entire day. This is more than just taking snapshots at a party. It's telling the story of two people in love and the start of their married lives. Memories to last a lifetime, to be printed, hung up on their walls, and shared with friends online. Not only do we go over all the gear you need and the best camera settings and the best practices, but we teach you all the tricks for planning a wedding so that you can shoot the entire day stress-free, feel like you're in control, and knowing that you're getting fantastic images that will bring tears, to the mother of the bride's eyes. This is Wedding Photography 101. Please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify so you never miss out on news and events. Give us a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about us. It helps us get the word out so we can help more people reach their photography goals.